0: I ask you to open up your Bible so long to Luke 11 verse 29. As the crowds increased Jesus said this is a wicked generation it asks for a sign but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah for as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites so also will the son of man be to this generation the queen of the south will rise at the judgment with The people of this generation condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up at judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they will put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, It will be just as full of light as when the lamp shines its light on you. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, But inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as far as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to the Pharisees because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. One of the experts of the law answered him, teacher, When you say these things, you insult us also, Jesus replied. You are experts of the law. Woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of them they will kill and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Woe to you, experts of the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you will be hindered, and you have hindered those who were entering. When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. Meanwhile, when the crowd of a thousand, of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples saying, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will be, not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear and the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who will kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet no one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Don't be afraid, you are worth many than you are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God, but whoever disowns me before the others, before others will be disowned before the angels of God. Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will be de- you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say.
1: Good morning, everyone. How keen are you for some work this morning? Are you ready to roll up your sleeves? This is a fantastic passage And I hope I can do it justice So let's pray Father in heaven Hallowed be your name You have had your word written down for us Through your spirit By those who were eye and ear witnesses Of the glory of your son We thank you that you have sent him into this world as light, and uh, Lord, we recognize that there is much darkness in this world, and there is much darkness in our hearts, but we thank you that you have both the wisdom and the grace and the authority to pierce the darkness. So we ask that you will help us to have our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ and allow him to shine inside us so that we may be saved and that we may be transformed. So, yes, Lord, help us to pay attention to your word as in a dark place. It's a light until Jesus Christ himself, the morning star, rises in our hearts as we await the dawning of your great day when you will come in glory with the holy angels to come consummate your kingdom in its fullness so thank you for your word this morning lord we pray this in your name amen so you should have an outline there the outline is fairly long and extensive and i'm trying I'm, i normally write long and extensive outlines and hope that i won't be long and extensive but then i end up being long and extensive um, but uh, i hope that i've written that out there for you because i can't tackle everything that is in this fairly extensive passage but first by starting simply by this idea says who I'm sure you are very well aware that when you have an argument with somebody about whatever it is that you're having an argument about, uh, you have a tendency to call on these enormous authorities that back your position. They are called they. They say. Or the scholars say. Uh, or science says. I never knew science could speak, but people say science says. Very interesting when you start to look at that Really? Have you experienced that? Guilty? Hands up? No one guilty in this. Okay, so fantastic. No one guilty in this church. This is great. Very interesting when you look at it. So what you will find is is that you have a tendency to quote the authorities that agrees with you. You give them the authority, and that by default gives you the authority. So who's in charge? Science says, for those of you who study science know that The one thing that science don't agree on is what science is. Biblical scholars don't agree on what the Bible says. So I quote the guys that backs me because that's what I want to say and that's the way I get to win the argument. See how it works? Fascinating reality that we are living in. So we have this unknowing tendency to do that. And this is sitting in the background of this entire section where jesus has come as the word of god who is the messiah he's on his way to heaven via jerusalem he is calling on people to take him seriously to look at him to listen to him to receive him so that they may work out what is it that they believe about life and about death and about eternity um, and it's fascinating and he realizes that this whole journey that he's on does not happen in a vacuum There's a whole host of people uh, who have voices. Now, even if you just take the Jews, and we're not going to get into that, but the Jews as a group were a voice. But inside that Jewish voice were many voices. There was the Sadducees. There were the Pharisees. There were the teachers of the law. There were the Herodians. There were the Zealots. And they all had their own idea about what is true and what is authoritative and what does it mean and how should I evaluate Jesus. And... uh, I take it we do the very same thing. Uh, apparently, there is at about 40 different major denominational lines in the world that kind of flares out to about 40,000. Lots of voices. But here's the interesting thing that this passage is highlighting is that the loudest voice of all the voices out there is your own. Your voice in your heart is the most consistent, the most dominant, the most vocal voice that there is. And what is inside you actually determines what you see outside you and how you take it in. Interesting. You've got to go and kind of think this through. Very fascinating thing about humanity is we see what we want to see because it's in our hearts to see it, and that's how it works. So when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, very easy to see him the way I want to see him and not allow him to tell me who he is. Make sense? So last week we ended off with Jesus saying there's a commitment that every blessed person has who's truly blessed by God. So go to chapter 11, verse 28. We looked at that last week. All right kind of the two brackets that we had last week blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it so there are those who accept the word of God as authoritative and Jesus says the blessed ones are those who can hear it and who in this language says obey it actually it means keep it it means guard it it means actually treasure it hold it close to you they are the truly blessed ones This section, Jesus is going to show us that on the road, there are many voices, many ideas, and they interact and play with you as you go along. And he's going to do it in the context of his day. All right? So what he's going to give us, he's going to give us positive examples and negative examples. So you have to be taught two ways. Let some people pay your dumb tax. So let learn from their mistakes. And then there are other things where he says these are the right ways to do it. Follow them. And so he's going to give us a couple of very interesting examples. So the, sta- the story is structured. The first little bit is around this idea of a sign of Jonah. So there's some negative and positive examples and some teaching. The heart of this section really lies in verses uh, 33 to verses 36. That's the heart of the teaching of this section. Then you've got a very long extended section of another kind of authoritative confusion that relates to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And then you have the consequences in the next section from 12, 1 to 12, um, about what are the benefits of letting Jesus Christ set the agenda for your life, taking his word into, into your heart, holding it there, keeping it there, so that it may actually transform you. So that's the kind of how the passage is structured. Okay? So if you get fallen asleep somewhere along the line and you wake up, then you know at least more or less where we are. All right. So firstly, Jesus addresses the whole, whole idea of people looking for a sign, and he calls those who are looking for a sign as wicked. Very interesting. Why does he call them wicked? Why is it wicked to look for a sign? The word wicked here is very interesting. The word wicked here is not immoral, like in a murderer or a rapist or a guy who steals. That's not the wicked that he's using. The word here, wicked means people who place a burden on you that is not required that is a wicked person in this context so they are coming to Jesus and they say we've seen what you've done we've heard what you say you've raised the dead you've calmed the storms you've done all of those things but since we don't like your message what do we do we normally do when we don't like the message we shoot the messenger that right you don't like the message you shoot the messenger so here's what they're trying to do they don't like the message that Jesus is teaching so now they're starting to have a problem with Jesus they're trying to get rid of him And they say, okay, 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 if you can give us another evidence of your authority, then we'll believe. So all you are doing is, you are extending the goalposts. You don't want to believe the message that you hear, you don't want to evaluate it and weigh it, you don't like it, so then you ask for further validation, which is actually not looking for validation. See how weird it is? The moment you hear jesus speak and you say you must give me another sign of your authority it means you have not heard what he said in the first place and that's why jesus says the sign of jonah will is the only sign they'll have jonah was this weird funny wacko prophet that tried to run away from the living god who made the land in the dry in the sea so he jumped into the sea to get away from god and then you know you know the story then he says okay something went wrong so kill me they throw me into the sea then maybe i can escape god and god saves him through a fish i mean it's a really funny story he then is resurrected three days later goes to nineveh preaches the shortest sermon in the history of israel's preaching 40 days and Nineveh will be overturned eight words and the entire city repents bam jesus says the only sign that this generation will get is exactly the same sign As where Jonah was the message that Jonah preached in the context of his resurrection is the only sign that they will get on that great day when the resurrection happened all those in Nineveh will stand up with this generation they have listened to a 40 word sermon uh, eight-word sermon sorry and repented you have had me with you and you refuse to repent You've received more than Jonah because someone greater than Jonah is here that speaks more, obviously, truth than Jonah, and you refuse to listen to it. So your judgment is going up. Because in your heart, you don't like what you hear. You play games with trying to find more authority, and the same with Solomon. Queen of Sheba was way away, and she heard Solomon is a wise guy, so let me go and find out from Solomon how wise he is. Let me go and have a look. And she came to him and she discovered hey they haven't only told me half of how wise you were because like jonah the message and the messenger is one solomon with his wisdom was one where do you go to find out solomon's wisdom you go to solomon you don't go and ask somebody else of is wise if he's the wisest guy on earth how do you find someone else that will validate that he's the wisest on earth see what he's saying how can you find another messiah that will validate that i am the messiah I self-authenticate the message, you get it? So some people will read their Bibles, will listen to Jesus and will always say, yeah but what if? And it happens today, it happened then, it will happen today, yeah but what if? But what if? And the problem comes in the next little section that kind of helps us, the light, the lamp of the body and the darkness inside of me and you. Jesus says a lamp, normally you put it there so everybody can see the light. That's what i've come to do i'm the light i've come i've put myself up open publicly everywhere everybody can see it but why can't people see the light well it's because of their eyes is the lamp of their body very interesting we often talk about don't give me the evil eye where does that come from from the inside so with your eye you will look at what your heart values and then it will confirm where you look at what your heart values. It will come back inside. You see how it works? So your heart literally projects its, its values through your eyes at what you are looking at, what you find valuable and good. And that will reconfirm that that is valuable and it go to back into your heart. So the darkness inside of you is what limits where you will look and how authoritative you will find it. Just remember, if you are now completely confused, you don't have a problem. You are the problem. A man cannot know the true and living God coming out of his own heart. That is the problem. Jesus says, your eye will focus you where you desire. If I give you a picture with all sorts of things in the picture, it would be very interesting to ask you which one of the things do you find the most appealing? The car, the girl, the beach, the sun, the whatever. Your eye will go to what you value. And it will come back to you and say, oh, that's the good thing. And that's what I will listen to it. So Jesus is saying, that's what people are doing with me. They look at me, they value from their heart what I'm like, and then they respond and then they feel justified by what they've seen. You can't do that. See, you've got to hear it, and then you've got to keep it inside you so that it will expose the darkness inside of you so that you may make those changes. It takes time and effort. It is not straightforward. You can't just hear it and say, ah, that's it. That's easy. He says, no, you've got to hear it and then guard it inside Let it expose the darkness so that you may become light. Because you cannot become light by your own generative powers. You will only remain darkness. So take your eye and turn to the light. Look at that light. Suck it in. Hold it there. Keep it there. Value it there. Let it do this work here. When it takes you where you are terrified of everybody finding out who the heck you really are. And how you feel about yourself and discover that i've come to set you free from that very thing that is inside there i have the power to heal to restore so that what then comes out is good and truth and grace and god see what he's saying so on this road know that there are many voices really what jesus is saying but that's the heart of it if i can get you to grab that that you will recognize you are your own biggest problem the arrogance of your heart and the way you reconstruct reality is your problem you have to look at jesus actually you get to look at jesus look and evaluate whether you are anything like him draw him in because he will give healing and forgiveness and light so that it will be able to come out. All right, you've got it? You've got that, we can go. If you will ask God the Spirit to make you hold on to his word before you too quickly agree with it or too quickly reject it, that's the biggest problem we have. We want to agree it too quickly. If you too quickly agree, you haven't heard it. If you reject it too quickly, you haven't heard it. You've got to keep it. You've got to hold on to it. That's what Jesus is saying. This is not something you can do Sunday afternoon after your big lunch. Not the time to do this. Go rather sleep. Listen. Value it. Hold on to it. Guard it. Because this will change your life. Or you will condemn yourself while you have the light. As he's just warned those people. You have the light It's right in front of you, it's in this book. It's lying right next to your bed, and it will condemn you because you haven't got it in your heart. It stayed next to your bed, or maybe in your head, but it's not in your heart. See what he's saying? It's so vital that Jesus is saying, "On this journey, don't be too quick, don't be too fast. God this. This is precious. My precious let jesus christ consume you that's what he's saying that's what he's inviting you to do and then you will become light then you will start to change and so the next little section really is all about jesus taking a very peculiar other side reality and show how easy it is to think you are doing god's word when you're actually not doing god's word at all so the question there on your outline is what is the best That will happen when you don't listen and look to jesus and keep his word in your heart and life on the way so if you what is the best possible outcome that can happen to you if you don't listen to jesus christ you will become a pharisee that's the best possible reality that you can expect will happen to you if you do not go to jesus christ you will become a pharisee and pharisaism is with us Constantly, no wonder Jesus warns in chapter 12, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees to his very disciples. Phariseeism is right inside us. Again, Phariseeism is not those other people. They may be too. It's here. And so what Jesus is really trying to say is that you guys love to look at the outside of the cup, but not the inside of the heart. You love to look at what people are doing outside their behavior and the religious rules and regulations that they need to keep. But you have got no compassion and justice and love for God in your heart. You're actually confusing yourself. And he uses two very, very interesting words to describe them. He says, you are in the inside full of greed and wickedness again. A funny word. I was really battled. I mean, if if there was ever a group of people who were goody-two-shoes, it was the Pharisees. They were so righteous, you would, you, would, you would probably feel like an absolute failure in their presence, morally. Jesus says they're wicked. You're like, <laughs> I'm going to get this right. Two issues that goes together. Greed. What is greed? Greed is you are looking for a better life for yourself. That's Greed you are not looking for God, you are looking for a better life. That's greed. Anyone hands up, who's greedy? You've got greed in your heart, he says. You want the kingdom of God on earth for yourself in the name of God, not for God, for yourself. Greed. Human problem. Wickedness then is, I am starting to find the rules and regulations that I believe everybody should keep in order to have that better life that I'm looking for. So now I write the laws and regulations out that everybody should keep if we are going to have this better life, and I start looking to find out every time they fail to point it out to them. That's wickedness. To place on people the laws and the regulations that you think will make life better and you expect others to do it with you so that we together, then they'll be like me. And when they're all like me, we will have a better world. Wickedness. Have you ever shaken your head at somebody else who failed your standard of life? Then you're Wicked. You should have fallen on your knees and prayed for that man that he may come to know God. How dare he break one of my rules. You are the reason why we don't have a better life. Wickedness. You see how, people, this is exceptionally scary. If my heart's concern is that I will judge others they are not living up to my standard and my desire is not that they will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. I am a Pharisee and I'm just living by what is natural in my heart. I have not been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because my greed blinds me to have you keep my rules so I can have a better life. You see how this thing works? This is really scary. Jesus says, not good. Pharisaism is well and alive and kicking. And Ludwig has to catch the Pharisee in him on a very constant basis and bring that Pharisee to Jesus. And say, Jesus, you have to change my heart that my number one concern for everybody who does not live by what is right, that I will have a desire to tell them about Christ and not get them to do what I think is right for my better life. How are you now going to read the newspaper without shaking your head? Watch the news. Can't believe it's people. Pharisee, you're just condemning yourself. That's all you're doing. Not even having an effect on that person. You're condemning yourself, and with that, you're condemning others because you're not telling them that there's only one way out. And that is through jesus christ not by living a better life you've just condemned yourself and them says jesus he says you have robbed people of the key to the kingdom and you refuse you block those who want to enter there's a lot of detail here that we're not going to go in but you see what he's saying Woo! <laughs> this is scary stuff jesus is saying watch out that you don't focus on the inside on the outside But focus on both the inside and the outside you see the answer is not to focus on the inside that's the other side oh no i just love jesus and i don't do anything else for anybody not what he's saying first focus on the inside then on the outside be a complete person not a half a person you should focus on the inside first bring the word of god into your heart first then you can live out grace and take the message out. So there is, this is incredible story, isn't it? This dangerous thing. You can go and read the detail. If you've got any questions, you can come tonight or phone me or WhatsApp me or email me or whatever you want to do. There's a lot of detail that we did not go into. All of those examples, six woes, are examples of this very thing that Jesus is talking about. They're not that simple for us because we are not in that culture. So I'm not going to spend too much time trying to untangle them, but they are untangleable. Then just lastly, as we come to the end, here Jesus is now saying, what will happen if you listen and look to Jesus and keep his word in your heart and life on the way with him? The first thing it will do, it will protect you from the use of the Pharisees. Now, it's very interesting because it's hypocrisy. I mean, Greek language is just so brilliant. You know what a hypocrite is? Hypocrites. Anybody here has medical knowledge? Hypo means? Under. Under judging. What the heck? How does that work? What a hypocrite is, he hides under what he presents to you to judge. His true self is hidden behind what he holds out for everybody else. Yeah, you know, I believe in good governance. I believe in everybody should be true and right and good, uh, just not me when it doesn't suit me. I'm holding a standard up that I myself don't keep. I'm hiding behind truth, because in my inner being I'm not that truth, I'm a hypocrite. I'm holding up for everybody how they should live, but inside of me I've got evil and greed and all sorts of things going on. I'm a hypocrite. See the same thing, he says, it will guard you from hypocrisy, because the second one is the really clincher, isn't it? You will know that absolutely nothing will be hidden. A hypocrite thinks he can hide behind knowledge and standards and rules and expectations. Jesus says, just know this one thing. There is not a thought that you will have that will not be shouted from the rooftops. It will be revealed. That's a terrifying thought. As you listen to me here and your attitude to me that's going to be revealed. As you judge while you're watching tv that will be revealed every single thing that you have ever thought and said and done will be revealed no much how you have cared to try and conceal it the only answer for that problem is jesus come lord jesus come into me and show me my darkness Heal me of my darkness. All the bull that I hold out to other people. Please come in and forgive me and heal me. And restore me into the image of your very self. Isn't that amazing? That's what he wants to do. But we want to hide. Pretend that we are much nicer than we really are. And we actually think we're going to get away with it. Jesus says, there's no way you're going to get away with it. If you follow me, if you listen to my word, if you hold my word in your heart as you go on this way, as you grow in that, the one thing you will know is that not a single thing will ever be hidden. You will become more open. You will open yourself to me. You will open yourself to truth. You will not try and pretend no longer. That's good news, isn't it? He wants you to come. It's scary, isn't it? But good. Jesus is never nice. eh? He's good. He's not nice. So let Jesus come and deal with your darkness, with your fear, with your history, with your background, with your goals, with your aims, with your desires. Let him deal with it. Bring it to him. He can handle it. He can forgive it and transform it. Then, secondly, you will fear God's rejection, obviously, in the light of all of this, much, much, much more than you'll fear anybody else. Because the worst that a person can do to you is kill you. But God can throw you in hell. Fear Him, says Jesus. God's opinion of you matters more than others' opinion of you or your own opinion of yourself. If you follow me, if you hear my voice, if you guard it in your heart, you will know the only one's opinion that matters is God's. And that will set you free from fearing people and fearing even yourself. See how beautiful this is? Who cares in that sense what other people think of you? And who cares what you think of yourself? The only one who really cares is God and he has sent his son to reveal to you life and forgiveness and healing and hope and restoration. How will you not trust him? Says Jesus. How is it that you don't listen to what I'm saying? How is it that you don't guard what I say? and Value it. Who will you compare me to? See what he's keep on asking all the way through this whole section? And then it won't be an issue for you Because you will know that God knows the most insignificant things of life. Sparrows. How many of you have got sparrows in your garden? Birds? How many of you have counted them? Every morning. See if they come back. And what else are you doing with your life? Shouldn't you be doing the very important things of counting sparrows? See what he's saying? He says God knows every jolly little sparrow that jumps around. And he knows some of us much better than others, because he knows how many hair you've got on your head. So, Derek, bad luck, brother. Hilton, you're almost getting there. Gerrit, you're also on the way. God knows how many hairs you've got on your head. Do you actually think God does not know where you are, what's going on in your life, and that he wants you not to be afraid? See what Jesus, if you hear my word, if you guard it in your heart, you will know that God knows the most insignificant stuff. I just lost a lot of hair in the week. Well, somebody cut it off, you know. And God knows how many he cut off. I tried to count. There was this little ball of hair lying on my thing. And I was like, God knows that, he says. So why are you afraid to come and allow me to set the agenda for your life? You can't even count the jolly hair in your head. And God knows that. So, come. Acknowledge me in public. He's saying. Why would you be afraid to tell people there is one answer to all the moral problems of our world and the standards we set for one another? And that is that Jesus Christ contains the heart. So why wouldn't we testify to that? Why are we afraid to testify? He says, if you testify about me in public, I will testify about you where it really matters. That is before the Father. And if you don't, I won't. Following Jesus Christ, listening to his word, keeping it in your heart will also prevent you from committing the unforgivable sin, which is the testimony of the Spirit about Jesus Christ himself. And then lastly, you can rest assured if you listen to me and follow me, Keep it in your heart. You will be tested. You will be questioned. You will be persecuted. And yet the Spirit will enable you to testify very clearly about me when it happens. you see the unbelievable rest there is in making Jesus Christ really the person that you value more than anything else? Let him shine into your heart. Then hold it there until it exposes all the darkness that you're so scared of is going to come out. It's going to come out in any case. But Jesus can heal it, and forgive it, and restore it. Now, on that last day, when it comes out, it will be judgment. You try and conceal it, you are condemning yourself. See what Jesus is saying, listen, we're on this road, and you will be the main reason why you won't make it. Yes, there is Satan, we looked at it last week, spiritual war. But you will be the only reason why you're going to undo yourself. By not recognizing me. Coming to me. Receiving me. Walking with me. Treasuring me. So keep on exposing yourself fully to the light of Jesus. That he will shine into you and in you. So that you will become light in him by glorifying the Father. And keep his word with the help of the Holy Spirit. So keep asking the Father to give you the Holy Spirit. like we did last week. Are you... I, Are you you encouraged? Is this your habit? Is your habit to say, Lord Jesus, shine in me. Shine. Where's that song? Shine, Jesus, shine. Shine, Jesus. Otherwise, I will block you out. Because my heart is my biggest problem. I am my own biggest problem. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to enlighten you. all the shades of what that actually means that is the good news of the gospel here is the great encouragement warning teaching instruction that jesus is driving his disciples to let's pray together heavenly father we thank you for your word we thank you for your word the lord jesus christ we thank you that he can go where even the written word can't go he is actually the very embodiment of the written word in human flesh He has walked the walk. He has resisted every single thing that is bad for us. His heart was pure and good and glorious. And he grew in obedience as new temptations, new issues came his way. And he says, I am the one who can walk not only next to you, I can walk in you. So that you may overcome the darkness that is so prevalent, the greed and the wickedness. My desire for a better marriage so why don't sort my partner out the desire for better children so let's sort them out desire for better society so let's sort them out lord jesus you're the only one who can sort out the human heart and we pray that we may know and experience the joy of that reality increasingly so and that we may hold out this unbelievable bit of light to the world to invite them To receive the lord jesus christ so thank you that you have saved us thank you that you are saving us and thank you that the best is still to come and we praise you for that in jesus name amen